This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good Thursday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And this is Lisa Graham coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. And you are listening to a special Draft Horse episode of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network, presented by the Draft Horse Journal for November 2nd, 2017. Our episode today is number 1810. This episode is brought to you by the 2018 World Clydesdale Show. Good morning, Heavy Horse World. Good morning. As I promised, we are going to have a class that is second to none. We are going to be bringing in the Clydesdales, the Belgians, and the Pertrans in the arena. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday morning. We appreciate you being here. Of course, the first Thursday of every month, and I cannot believe it's the first Thursday of November already. We have Lisa with us, and we talk about draft horses. Hi, Lisa. Good morning, and I'm the same way. I can't believe it's been a month already. I can't believe it's November. We're almost done with this year. (laughs) God, time does fly the older you get. But bringing you that up, you had an anniversary yesterday, so congratulations Thank on you. seven years. Well, you seven were a part of years. that. You were a part of that. Uh, we uh, celebrated our seventh year anniversary. We started this show November 1st, 2010. And wow. you know, we, today we're at, what, 1,810 episodes. So uh, I know that you did probably, what, 14, 15 of those with us. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't, we're... We're, we were a year in August, so yes, we're rolling right along. Yeah, we appreciate you guys being here, too. It adds a lot to the show, and it's always one of our most popular episodes. And of course, I love draft horses, so that's part of the reason why I'm so glad you guys are here. And today, uh-huh. we're talking about my favorite breed. No offense, everybody else, but we are talking about my favorite breed today. Well, the Pertrans are a part of your heart. I, I truly yeah, get that. Well, I, think, I think what becomes a part of your heart is what you owned first unless they were a total jerk and then they're not part of your heart and you went to something else. But my first uh, draft horse was a Pertron and she was delightful. So I think that's what, that's what becomes part of your heart, right? That's what you kind of lean toward. Well, we've been doing a lot of shows since we talked last time and it's just amazing the number of horses that are out there competing at, at all different levels. When I did my show a month ago, I was in the same spot heading to do the Young Living Draft Horse Show in Mona, Utah. And we got out to Mona, beautiful scenery, probably the most beautiful scenery that we do as a draft horse show, just with the mountains and the arena and the lavender fields. It's it's just stunning. But over 25, uh, no, there they had 15 six-horse hitches. I'll correct myself. They had 15 six-horse hitches. But being far out in the West, that was a great accomplishment. And Gary and Mary Young put on a first-class show. I will tell you, it was Probably one of the most active, there was always something going on out at the Young Living Show. And during one afternoon, they had Big and Rich for a concert for, oh, wow. uh, the, for the public and for the exhibitors. But 
everybody kind of thought, oh my gosh, a concert at five o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the afternoon, how's that going to work? It was probably one of the best attended concerts. And so you, in one day, you saw a draft horse show, a concert, and then they had a PRCA rodeo that night. So if anybody's wow. looking for a bucket list item, getting that Young Living show, which is always the last weekend in October, getting that on your, or the last weekend in September, I'm sorry, get that on your bucket list because Jennifer and you, that, that could be a road trip for you. Yeah, that sounded like fun. Well, speaking of Jennifer, let's find out what is coming up on today's show. Coming up on today's Draft Horse Journal episode brought to you by none other than the 2018 World Clydesdale Show. Stacy Lynch stops by to tell us about the Percheron Horse Association moving into the digital age. Yes, they are. Plus, she has some the latest details on the upcoming World Percheron Congress. Mid-show, Shelby Zorobinski provides some fun and interesting insight into the wor- world of the famous Budweiser Clydesdale Hitch. And for the victory lap, Brian Coleman e- from Eagles Field Percherons in Alberta, Canada, provides a look at the a day in the life of the Percheron man. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you, Jennifer. Excited to hear all about the Percherons today. So you, you know, when we, I forgot that when we talked last time, you were in Vegas on your way through. And when you, you seem to spend a lot of time in Vegas. So I don't know, is it a, pro, do you have a problem <laughs> that we should know about? Should it be a 12-step program, maybe? Well, the funny thing is, I don't drink and I don't gamble. So I'm a pretty boring guest in the city of Vegas. <laughs> do you stay? Well, that brings up a good question. Do you stay at casinos or do you stay uh, at hotels well, that do course. not have casinos? Oh, you do? Okay. No, of course. You got a people watch. That's half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? I know you went to a couple other shows in addition to Young Living since we've talked last. I did. Uh, from the Young Living show, I jumped on a plane and went out to your home state. I oh. went out to Pennsylvania Yay. to the Keystone. And it was really a nice show. There really working hard. Uh, Lisa and Harrison are working very hard to get that show back up to the the days of horsepower when there was multiple hitches there. It was a great show. The Hitch Pony and the Halflingers had their Six Horse Hitch Championship there, as well as their top ladies cart driver. So there was some excitement out there as well. Not a, not a ton of hitches, but good quality hitches. And most importantly, a lot of family hitches that are supported that show year after year. So it was always fun out there. And I, and I drove, I took the, Clyde, the Clydesdale store and more with me. And that was fun because a lot of times people on the East Coast aren't getting to see merchandise. They see it online, but they don't get a chance to come into the traveling store. So that was a big success for me because, you know, people got to come in and try things on and touch things and see things. So that was fun. And then we had like a two day break and we went to the Michigan Great Lakes International Show in Lansing, Michigan, which is famous as being one of the largest. And there were over 25 six horse hitches there. And they showcased Belgians, Percheron, Clydesdales, and Shires, halter classes, hitch classes. Every morning it started at 7, and it ended every night at 7 because there was a horse pull in the evening. So it was 12 hours straight for four days of showing draft horses. It it was a crazy schedule, and it rained, and it poured on everybody. But (laughs) you know what? You're just dedicated. You just keep showing. I know. Those days kind of suck, though. I mean, they do, especially if you're the grooms. Because <laughs> like, you still have to turn them out, right? Well, uh, and, you know, they had 
they have a main barn that is attached to the arena and then they have a barn up on a hill but they had so many horses that they have an over, they had an overflow tent that housed 100 horses and imagine being in a tent on a dirt ground and you're getting 2 uh, inches of rain a day you're so, really tired by the time you go to bed day. that night you're just exhausted <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's true yeah. yeah yeah but it's good time and so today i'm going to i'm in Las Vegas, actually, for PBR. This is the PBR week, and, you know, they're going to crown a champion bull rider this week, and I'm here with Express Clydesdales, and they're such a great ambassador for the draft horses, and people flock to them when they have one horse or six horses. It doesn't matter. They flock to see the Clydesdales, and so I'm excited to be here and and represent the draft horses. Uh, and you, do you get to ro- watch the rodeo at all? Oh, of course. Yeah. Good. Cool. Of course. Good seats. And, you know, it's kind of a tradition. I think this is our fourth year coming out, third or fourth year coming out and and watching this. And a lot of draft horse folks take some vacation time and come out here. So it's going to be good to see everybody. And it's so much fun being in Vegas, uh, November and December because of PBR and and just just more cowboys in Vegas than you'll ever see anywhere. Absolutely. And the weather's pretty good. I left some really cold, windy, rainy weather in Illinois to come out here. So it's... It's a nice little getaway. Well, you have something, too, that we have to start talking about. We're starting to talk about the Holiday Radiothon that we have here at the Horse Radio Network. We do 12 hours live on Cyber Monday, which is the 27th. And we want to do something special for Christmas also on the Draft Horse episode next month. I, I can't believe we're even talking about this. I know. Yes, Christmas is just around the corner. I'm in full and Radiothon that's... planning mode, so it's like uh, I've been playing Christmas music to get in the spirit. You probably put the hat on, the red hat on, and yeah, ho, I, ho, ho, I have to. Show. My little my little socks. Yep, I'm I'm ready. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, last year we had such a good response when we did uh, my top ten gifts for horse people, and so we're going to start planning it a little earlier this year. And if any of our listeners have suggestions that they'd like me to try or to get more details on, find us on Facebook at you know Heavy Horses in the Morning on Facebook, or they can find me personally on Facebook and, and just message me some items that they're thinking that are something that every horse owner should have. And, you know, I laughed, Bob at Shipshawana Harness said last year, Lisa, when you started promoting our colorful cross ties, he said, I could hardly keep them in stock. So once you find something good, you can share it with others. And, you know, there's maybe something out there that we don't all know about. So I'm excited to have people call or text me and let me know what they're thinking, but we'll do Lisa's top 10 Christmas gifts for the horse lover. I got to tell you, I was looking at uh, that earlier. I was looking at what the list was from last year. I mean, you had a little bit of a variety of everything, too, from T-shirts to training videos to custom stall nameplates. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a little bit of everything last year. Right. And I hope they, I hope it all sold well for everybody. And, it, you know, people are hard to buy for. You, you run out of ideas. But when you can personalize things or, you know, I always laugh at my son. I always say, if I can buy him something for the barn, I can write it off on my taxes. You know, what's funny is we, uh, speaking of uh, Ship Shawana, we had uh, a couple of listeners that visited them over the last month and posted pictures. Well, uh, did I tell you on the last show, maybe, I can't remember where I was, but one of a listener came up and asked, I was at the store, and they come up and asked, who who is the girl on the radio? And I said, that's me. And she said, 
I expected you to be shorter. <laughs> and I, and I, I really didn't know how to take that. Apparently you sound funny. short. <laughs> she's, yeah, but it's always nice to meet people. And it was, it was, I kind of got rasped because she's like, let's have our, there was another one that said, let's have our picture and I'll post it. And I thought, okay, this is, this is kind of funny, but yeah, she thought I'd be much shorter. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Speaking of Shipshawana, let's hear a little bit about them. So when you're in the area, you can stop by. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies in the heart of draft horse country in Shipshawana, Indiana, is your source for everything draft horse. Their large inventory of in-house crafted harness, halters and show bridles, showtime blankets, sweats, wagons and carts, horse care products and even shoeing supplies will fill the needs of the heavy horse hobbyist, the horse farmer, the heavy horse exhibitor and the horse pulling competitor. You can find them online at shipshawanaharness.com as well as on Facebook at Shipshawana Harness or you can give them a call at 260-768-7254. Just ask for Bob. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, your source for everything draft horse. All right, let's introduce our first guest. Well, I am very excited to have our first guest joining us. Stacy Lynch is going to be joining us. She is the new executive director of the Perch and Horse Association of the Mayor of America. She and her family live in Goshen, Connecticut, but they do travel all across this country promoting the Perch and Horses. They raise, train, show, and sell the Perch and Horses. And she is a busy lady, I'll tell you. In addition to her new role as executive director, she serves as the executive secretary and treasurer of the North American Six Horse Inch Classic Series. She does her own equine photography business, and she just stepped down as a director on the Pertrin Horse Association of America. So lots of things going on in the Pertrin world, but she is foremost a wife and a mom. She's got two adorable kids. She has an extensive extensive background in working with IT and computers and she she is just a well-rounded busy lady. So Stacy, nice to have you joining us today. Good morning guys. I'm happy to be here. Correct. Congratulations, Glenn, on your anniversary. I'm excited to hear that. Well, thank you, Stacy. You know, Stacy, I don't know if Lisa knows this, but Stacy was one of the first people to reach out to us from the draft horse world. It must be seven years ago. I mean, it it was way back when we were first starting out, and you were one of the first ones that reached out to us and said hi. And I think it was because I was talking about loving Percherons on the show one day, and, and you picked up on that and sent me an email. Yeah, because we invited you to the 2014 World Percherons Congress, and we were excited to have you come yeah, and, and that, be a part of the show. And I need we need to be invited back because Wendy beat me in the celebrity driving, <laughs> and I need a little revenge. So, just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, it was well, so much fun, and, and I just appreciate your support over all the years, I mean, many years. Well, well you're very welcome. Well, Stacy, as we said, she has just been selected as the executive director for the Perch and Horse Association. And Stacy, you kind of literally jumped in with both feet. You you got the job officially, and then boom, right into your annual meeting. So it was a very quick turnaround for you. 
Yeah, actually, we just got back from St. Charles, Illinois, where we had our annual meeting, banquet, and tour. We had a, a fantastic banquet and tour out there. It was awesome. We got to uh, go tour the Oaklawn Farm home of the Dunham family, where Pertrans were originally imported from France. So it was a history-filled tour. We didn't get to see many uh, Pertrans. We got to see some Pertran crosses at the um, at the Wayne DuPage Hunt Club that's, uh, uh, that now occupies the Oaklawn Farm um, in Wayne, Illinois. And uh, we got to see the train station where the horses were originally brought in uh to the Oakland farms and it was kind of neat to step back into the history into the 1800s uh to see see where Pertrans originally were brought to the U.S. from France so that was kind of neat and then uh we also toured the Elwood estate uh which Elwoods and the Dunhams were fierce competitors in the Pertrin business back then. And although they didn't have any of their horse barns still standing, as they still do at uh, the Dunham farm, that um, we were able to tour. They have uh, an impressive um, mansion of 8,000 square foot, four-level home that we got to tour through, which was kind of neat. Uh, so it, it was a neat tour, and uh, it was neat to get to see everybody and 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 meet some members and some new members. And uh, I'm I'm excited to get going in my new role here. Well, I have to tell you one thing that was impressive as I was looking through the pictures is you know I live in Illinois and I did not even know this place existed, but you went to an actual fox hunt where they didn't actually hunt an, a real animal, but the pictures that you posted. Um, that was amazing seeing seeing the fox hunt right here in the middle of Illinois. Yeah, actually, Wayne DuPage Hunt invited us out. I I just happened to stay an extra day longer uh, than most of the other participants. But Albert and Karen Cleavy and Judy Broadland actually, you probably saw Judy's photos out on uh, Facebook. I haven't posted any of mine yet. I've been too busy. But uh, oh. yeah, no the uh, the hunt was. I grew up around a hunt in New York where I grew up. And uh, so it was kind of neat to see that all over again, but we did, we went out and we followed the hunt around and um, it, it was kind of neat. It was uh, there. They use several Pertrin crossbreds in their hunt. So we got to see them doing what they do best. Wow. Well, you, you brought this up growing up in New York and, and I don't know, you grew up with Pertrin horses. Is that correct? Yes, my parents bought their first Pertrin when I was two. So I don't remember a day without having a Pertrin in my life. Uh, they began breeding and raising and showing Pertrins. And uh, I guess that's where my love stemmed from. My father um, had grown up around the Chris family farm in Bethany, Connecticut. And that uh, spiked his interest in, in draft horses. And then he eventually um, went back to the Chris family for a party, actually a Budweiser party that they were having at their house when Budweiser would come in for parades and such with their Clydesdales. They would overnight at the Chris farm and they would throw a party. My parents just happened to be there and they had had a filly born and my mother fell in love with this filly and said she really wanted to bring her home. And they eventually did. They didn't have any barn or fence or uh, a trailer or anything. So Johnny hooked up a trailer to a truck, put the filly in the trailer and said, here you go, Frank, bring her home and uh, pay me for her when you can. And that's how it all began. Came home and tied her to a tree because they didn't have anywhere to turn her out. 
I've heard that story, but (laughs) I had to laugh too, because we kind of come full circle all the time here. And we talk about your husband, Brian, and I always heard rumors that you met Brian more officially at a clinic where you were both learning about draft horses. Well, no, actually that's not where we met. My father had built a hitch wagon and it had taken him so long to build this hitch wagon that we used to compete with. He had built it in our garage of our home for mm, probably two years or maybe even more. And uh, so he wanted to have this big wagon unveiling. So he invited the Chris family to this party that we were going to have to unveil his, his new creation. And uh, Brian at the time, had just begun working with the cruises and came along to this party with them. And, and that's how we met. I think we were probably 12 years old at the time. Oh my. But then you both attended Kathy's alms youth clinic. Is that, was that part of the plan too? Yeah. Br- yeah. Brian and I stayed friends for many years and we actually took part in, in 1993, I believe it was uh, the Pertron uh, association had put on a, a youth hostel clinic and, uh, we, you had to apply to attend this clinic and, um, you had to have sponsors. So someone had to say that you were worthy of attending this clinic. And Johnny Chris, uh, had both in, uh, endorsed both Brian and myself to go to this clinic. So we, uh, jumped in a car and, and drove the 14 hours out there to, to Kathy's arms and uh, learned a lot at that clinic. And that has always uh, been a great memory for me. And I hope to do the same for our future youth again. We'll see. It comes full circle. Now you and Brian, you operate Utopia Pertrans. And is that a name that you came up with or Brian came up with or where did Utopia come from? It's actually funny. We were at the Denver Stock Show and we were there. We went out to Denver a little early so we could ski and then attend the show and as spectators. And we were sitting in the stands and we were trying to come up with a name for our farm. And I don't know, we just were bouncing names around. And Brian said, well, I really believe, you know, we're striving for utopia. And I said, well, that's cool. Let's just call it Utopia Perch Runs. And that's where it came from. Just wow. uh, sitting in the stands at the Denver Stock Show with National Western. Wow, great memories. But we're going to jump back into your role now as executive director. So there's obviously it's there's a lot going on with the upcoming World Pertron Congress and, and regrouping. After you leave any annual meeting, you always are having a regrouping time. But tell me, what is really a priority for you right now as secretary? Right now, I think the main priority is getting our new uh, registry system and membership system up to date. We currently use a system called Heavy Horses, which was created about 20 years ago. So you can imagine that the technology has changed a lot over 20 years. We're looking at implementing a new, uh, completely web-based system, and it's called Digital Horses. It actually stems from a digital um, beef system for beef cattle, and uh, we have kind of repurposed it for horses. I always believe in not recreating the wheel if it already exists. So we found a system that registers and transfers animals, and um, they actually the digital beef has also gone into swine and other various species, and we will be their first equine um, users of this system. So we are spending a lot of time converting a lot of the terminology from 
from uh, cattle to horses, which is, you know, it, it can take time, but we're getting there. And uh, you'll be able to do lots of things with this new system. Well, and the main mission of an association is to uphold and to manage the registry. So you feel that this is going to be a much easier way for not only you in the office, but for the membership as well? Yeah, well, this system is going to be, being completely online, we'll be able to operate from anywhere. Anywhere you have an internet connection, you will be able to register and transfer horses. Uh, We can create, the certificates are created automatically within the system. There's all sorts of um, new features that we haven't been able to do before, such as utilizing photos instead of hand drawings that we currently do. Right now, with markings on horses, with when they have white on them anywhere, we have to hand draw onto the registration application their markings. So we're going to be replacing that with actual photos of the animal. So that'll be new. Uh, this system also has a marketplace where if you are a member of the association and you have a horse that's listed and registered with our association, you will log into your Uh, membership side of the system and you'll be able to mark your horse for sale and it'll be listed automatically in the marketplace just by clicking one button. It's kind of a a neat deal. That'd be good. And and I think that you guys are kind of like setting the stage. Everybody is going to see how this works for the Perchant Association, but you do have other groups or organizations from around the world that are watching and actually want to participate with you. Yes, that's correct. We do have several other organizations that have been in touch with us about wanting to get on board with us with this system. I think right now our main goal is to get it up and running for ourselves and see where we're at and and possibly open it up to those other organizations and it'll truly be a global system that way. Well, I know one question is, are you still going to send registration papers out? Will this be paperless or, you know, I always think it's neat whenever we register a horse that you actually get that certificate in the mail. And that's like a historical thing that you, you always keep with that horse. So is your new system going to still do that or are you going to be paperless? You know, I would like it to be as paperless as possible, but I do understand that there are individuals who are very, passionate about having that piece of paper. So this system does allow you to either have the certificate mailed to you or you can um, maintain your certificate certificate electronically within the system. So if you wanted to maintain it as an electronic certificate, it would just sit in the system as a PDF file and you can utilize it when you need it or you can... Um, go ahead and mark that it should be mailed to you. And then the office would mail you the certificate as they always have. And I think this is going to be helpful for the shows as well. I know when I was on the Clydesdale board and we'd go to a big show and we would be checking registration papers, it'll be easy for a show staff to just go to the site and plug in to make sure those horses do match who they're being shown by or who they're owned by on the paperwork. So I think it's kind of a win-win for everybody, but is there a downfall to it? Is there a lot of expense or a lot of training or it sounds, it sounds awesome, but is there any downside to it? 
Not that I can come up with. I think it's going to be great for what we're looking to do. It's going to bring us into the 21st century, something that uh, we've been needing to do and haven't been able to. Um, It it is a bit on the costlier side, uh, but the goal here is to minimize the office staff that it takes to run the system and allow the membership to do a big, big portion of it. So, you know, when they are registering a horse, they're inputting all the information and, and it goes through a whole approval process before it, uh, the horse actually gets registered. The DNA testing is all automated so that you'll get a DNA um, kit printout right there in front of you, and then you can mail that in immediately. Uh, so there, there's a lot of positives to it. Right. And I, I uh, guess one... Some- well, one drawback that might be something that you have to overcome quickly is what about the people that aren't in the modern age of computers? What about those old school or the Amish members? Or is there going to be a way that it's easy for them as well? They'll just continue to do business as usual. They'll just be mailing their forms into the office and the office will take care of it just like they always have. Perfect. See, I think you, you've got it all figured out. I hope so. (laughs) Well, well, we're going to talk more about um, your job and your role and things that are happening. So right now, Glenn is really excited about the upcoming World Pertrand Show because he's he's convinced Jenny needs to come back. And, you know, Glenn, I hope you're practicing. I want to re I want to take Wendy on again. Well, you'll have to find a you'll have to find an airline ticket somewhere where you can go drive horses for a week. So Wendy is not going to. I know I need to practice. That is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to see Pam Minnick this weekend. I'll tell her that you already tell her I need to come up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. So, Stacey, we're talking about that World Pertrand Congress that's coming up, and I know that you were a vital part of our last Congress. I, I remember you and your husband working diligently for hours and months, months before it. Um, tell us what's happening so far with this one, what's going to make this one different or more exciting and, and what is your role going to be in it? Well, basically, um, I'm going to be the catch-all, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. We need, every really role possibly. has, you know, we all have to have <laughs> one of those. Yeah. Yep, yep. So um I'm I'm happy to be able to step up and, and share my experience from twenty fourteen. The uh World Pertrand Congress is gonna be October eighth through the thirteenth of twenty eighteen in Des Moines, Iowa at the Iowa State Fairgrounds. And we have for this show added a kind of a neat class and I'm excited for it because I think my son will be able to participate. Uh is the Pee Wee Showmanship class. Uh, it's going to be for young exhibitors, nine and under, and they'll have to be accompanied by an adult. So that'll give these young, young kids a chance to get in the ring and show their horse at a at a World Pertrand Congress. If you think about it, a lot of these kids, because the World Pertrand Congress only happens every four years, some of them may not get to show at a World Pertrand Congress as a youth. So this is a neat way to involve those young exhibitors that uh, they can get in the ring with their parents and, and show a person. So something for everybody of all ages then. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We've also just decided, so this is hot off the presses that they will be hooking their mare six horse hitches and their gelding six horse hitches three times. 
Uh, I know we've done that in the past, but it was up in the air as to whether or not they were actually going to do that. But they have come up with the funds and and they're going to be hooking their hitches um, each three times. So each day you should be able to get get to see a six horse hitch if you're attending the World Percheron Congress. Well, and, um, the other, and we cannot oh. push it enough, but maybe you could give us some information about the stable mates because that is a way for families to be a, a direct part of this and support the World Congress. But it's not a huge financial obligation, but it gets you in. It gets you a lot of benefits. And the more stable mates we can get, the better. So that program, give us a little detail about that program. Yeah, the stablemates, you joined to be a stablemate, and it was basically meant so that you could spread your donation out, out of, uh, over several years. So your donation is $200 towards the World Pertrain Congress. With that, you get two shirts, you get a show program, you also get access to the show. So you get entry to the show, you get a, um, a pass that will allow you into the show. And for that $200, you're helping support the show and, um, you know, giving – giving towards towards the event and getting some a little something in return they also recognize you in all their publications and such as a stable mate so it's a great program it, and we really talk about history in 2014 exactly and we talk about history the Iowa State Fairgrounds is full of history with the Pertron horses the buildings are beautiful and the Jacobson Center where we actually show the hitches air conditioned heated clean it it is really a nice facility and right there in central the midwest where you can kind of get there conveniently from all directions and do you have any anticipation on numbers yet have you made the plans for how many patrons are going to come together you know i believe they filled the facility in 2010 the last time we were there and i believe we're going to do the same again this time uh, there was standing room only uh, in 2010, and I expect it to be the same way in 2018. Uh, I believe they're anticipating somewhere between 800 and 1,000 patrons to attend the show And from again, all there over is, North America. And there is something for everybody, because not only do we have the show, the, the halter where we're going to crown those world champions and the hitches, but there's a lot of farming events as well. Yes, lots of farming, uh, plowing, they do logging, there's all sorts of, uh, of classes that way. And also this year, we are, are for 2018, we are adding some additional riding classes that we hadn't had before by popular request. So they're going to have a walk trot class, um, they're going to do a trail class, which I don't believe we've ever done, an open English pleasure class open Western pleasure, junior English pleasure, junior Western pleasure, and some, some uh, barrel racing again, which was a lot of fun in 2014. Yeah. Barrel racings are always fun. I People remember watching the video. Believe. I loved the video. <laughs> <laughs> the ground just moves as they're hitting the barrels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the well, barrels move too. <laughs> some excitement is coming up. They do. <laughs> some excitement for me as well as I I'm happy to jump in, and the Clydesdale store and more is is helping to promote and sell the merchandise for the World Purchasing Congress. Um, within the next week, we'll have a website up, which will be wpcstoreandmore.com to get all your World Purchasing clothing. So when we talk about Christmas, I'm sure that's going to be on one of my top 10 list is they have some outstanding, nice logo and some outstanding clothing. And it's always fun to pr- promote these events and that's a piece that you can keep. And when you wear it a few years down, down the road, people will still comment about 
that shirt or that logo. So, so I'm excited about that. So Stacy, I know your plate is full, but what are some more things that you have coming up? Some, some direction that you're taking? Oh, I, I, I don't know which direction to go first. I've got so much uh, to take care of in, <laughs> in the next few, <laughs> in the next little bit. Um, but I think our major, major push right now, like I said, is digital horses and getting that up and running and, and uh, you know, making sure that we can get it rolled out to the membership as soon as possible. And are you thinking in the next six months or the next year? How, what, what are you planning? Our goal is the beginning of the year, beginning of 2018. So wow. we're we're pushing hard for it. Yeah. Well, you have a you have a full schedule ahead of you then. <laughs> well, for sure. I as always, they see it's awesome. To, it, no, you better start Christmas shopping now. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, it's always a pleasure to to talk with you. You truly are an industry leader. Where you have. You, you're working on so much, but I know you always give 100% in whatever you do. And that World Portrait Congress coming up October 8th through the 13th at the historic Iowa State Fair, it really is going to celebrate and honor this great breed. And you're going to see, as Stacy said, everything from showing to working the horses with the plowing or the log skidding, riding classes. So lots of exciting things coming up for the Portrait Horses. And we'd like to Thank you for taking time out this morning to be our guest, and we wish you all the best. Well, I thank you all for having me. Thank you, Stacy. Yeah, have a good day. All right. Uh, you know, you did mention your store, and of course, Christmas is coming, and there's lots of good things to buy there. Well, of course, and we are moving into all breeds now. We have shirts, sweatshirts, everything. We we added the Shires last month, so we have Shire shirts. We added Halflingers, um, lots of stuff, and fun things, belt buckles, custom jewelry. I just got an order during the evening last night for custom belt buckles. They want their logo put on for their gifts for Christmas, and we can, we can do about anything. We have some great contacts out there, and it's always fun to work with the other vendors. We got to the Great Lakes Show, and... And it was jam-packed with vendors. People had such a selection. And I tell you, at the top of my list still is the hats. Um, People keep saying that I've helped to class up some of these driving classes because all the ladies are wearing the fancy hats. And, you know, even when I went into Harrisburg, we sold over 30 driving hats. Oh, wow. And and that's just, just to look out and see the ladies coming out and the husbands sometimes aren't liking it because sometimes they get a discount if they buy two or three and they're always saying, <laughs> we need room for horses, not not hats. <laughs> and where can they go online? Well, you can find me at the com or on Facebook. All right, very good. Now, you had a chance to do an interview a while back that we're, we have for everybody today. I did, Shelby. I think we've lost Lisa. But I'll tell you what, we'll just go into Shelby. She explains it uh, in the interview. We'll go into Shelby and we'll get Lisa back here. Today we're coming to you from the Calgary Stampede in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. It is billed as the greatest show outdoors 
and 1.2 million people are joining us today as they are celebrating the great days here at the Calgary Stampede. We were fortunate enough not to only see some of the great sights that Calgary has to offer, but the Budweiser Clydesdales have been stalled by me, and I've had a chance to see them in action every day from hooking up to going into the parade to just greeting the hundreds of thousands of visitors that are coming through Stampede Park. And we're kind of going to come full circle as our next guest joining us is Shelby Zarabinski, and Shelby is from Indiana. And a few episodes ago, we talked about the LaPorte County Fair and the draft horse competition, and especially the 4-H division of the LaPorte County Fair. And Shelby is a product of that. She started out with very humble beginnings in Indiana, working with other people's horses, getting her own horses, and going through the 4-H program that takes place there at the LaPorte County Fair. And now... Happy to see that Shelby is one of the handlers of the most famous Clydesdales out there, the Budweiser Clydesdale. So, Shelby, nice to have you with us today. Good to be here today. Nice to have been seeing you this last week. It has been fun in Calgary. Real hot and today pouring rain, but we're all making the best of it. So we're going to, as I said, talk to Shelby a little bit about her beginning and where her love for the draft horses came. So, Shelby, was it always Clydesdales? It was. I had always had the Clydesdales as my favorite breed, and like you said, I had met my best friend in eighth grade, the very first, or eighth grade, as an eight-year-old, the very first year you could do 4-H, and she, her family had Belgians. So I started using her horses, and the one good thing about, like, a great asset of LaPorte County 4-H program is they do a draft horse giveaway each year. So I entered that a few years, and won it in 2006 and that's where I said I'm getting my Clydesdale. Oh that, that's awesome to have your name announced as the winner. So you and I have talked as you were watching me get ready for my ladies cart that the first time you went in the arena it, it wasn't pretty. You were, you were new at it, you were scared, you were nervous but you went in there and we laughed because you said you missed some of the calls but you had fun and you never stopped and so from that humble first time in the arena to now watching her handling the one-ton gentle giants and the, and the Budweiser Clydesdales, it's been a tremendous growth. So we're going to go back and maybe ask you some of your influences. Who helped you? You said you had a friend that you grew up, but I know all little girls want to grow up and be a princess. Did you always say, I'm going to grow up and be a Budweiser employee? Absolutely. Uh, when I was 10 years old, my dad took my sister and I to the South Bend Football Hall of Fame and saw the hitch for the first time. And honestly, today I travel around with that Polaroid in my journal. And uh, we went to a South Bend, I think it's like an agricultural days, and I got hooked up with Denise Klofenstein from Galeen, Michigan. And they used to show Clydesdales at Lansing, right. Centerville. And then from there, we, my parents, you know, supported me when I got my first Clydesdale, and it's sort of, the rest is history. I like to talk a lot, so I met Stahlheims, I met Robertsons from, in Canada, and in 2011, I worked with Reg and Carol Madsen out in Manitoba, which was my first time to the Stampede, and now it's great to be back six years later. And from Reg and Carol, I showed my own horses throughout the years, local shows, world show, and um, worked with Abby Brander in 2014, and right after working with her, got my job at Budweiser. Well, and I have to tell you, as a, as a young girl, a lot of the draft horse exhibitors are growing up in this industry, but you started from scratch. You had to get your own horse, your own cart, your own horse. Everything was a building for you. 
Absolutely. My mom made a mistake when she told me at 13, you can get your horse, but you have to buy it yourself, pay for the vet bills. And uh, that was her worst mistake ever. (laughs) Well, good for our industry because with my experience at the Wisconsin State Fair, it was home many years to our national Clydesdale show, and now it's the American Clydesdale show. But your horses have always done well there. I remember being on the mic and getting the chance a few years ago to announce you. Your horses dominated. It was pretty cool to see that because, I mean, I had no idea. I laugh about it because 2007 was our first year showing Clydesdales. We went to the World Show, and looking at photos now compared to back then, I'm like, I can't believe I ever took a horse out into an arena looking like that. So, um, I mean, my parents are extremely supportive, especially being out here with Budweiser, and we were fortunate to have quite a few LaPorte County 4-H kids come and work with our horses during the summer. So, again, just like anybody else knows, it's a lot of at-home work. And when it pays off in the ring, it seriously does bring tears to your eyes. It does. And and you brought this up. You with Budweiser are on the road how many days of the year? Um, we're traveling about 320 days a year, but I actually only make it home three weeks a year because of my vacation. So in three weeks... You have to probably use a lot of social media to watch what's going on at home, some Skyping, some texting, Facebooking, but you stay up on your horses. Yeah, so uh, Facebook Live is great. You broadcast the Supreme uh, show today and just following everybody's show postings like Albert Cleave keeps up to date on shows and you stay in there that way, but then you can also see the classes online and by the time you get to the show you're like oh congratulations so and so you did a great job I got to see that drive online right and and even your family back home they're keeping you updated regularly because it would be hard especially during breeding season when you know I know you're getting a smile on your face when the mares are ready to fall and your your mom and dad are almost in a panic mode and you're 2,000 miles away it's probably a little hard yeah, it is. Uh, we utilize Skype, and actually, Todd Rademacher and I were on lunch one day at Denny's eating pancakes, and I watched uh, our full be born right at lunchtime. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good one. That's a first. Well, tell us a little bit about being the lone girl on this hitch, and, and what hitch you're with. I'm with the West Coast team, and we're based out of Fort Collins, Colorado. As you said, I'm the only girl out here. Um, it's just, it's fun. We're one big, giant family. Yeah, when you spend 78 hours a week together, you have a tiff every now and then, but what family doesn't? Well, exactly, and I was watching, you know, you've been our neighbors here at Calgary, and the interaction is funny, and it's almost like when you have to go in the parade, how do you decide who's going to walk that 10 miles? Um, Seniority, I've got like two weeks on one of the guys, so uh, (laughs) I stayed back and cleaned stalls, and him and our intern went, which is a great experience for both of them, everybody's first time to Calgary, and... They compare the Stampede Parade to the Rose Parade, and yeah. great experience for the new guys. And, and lots and lots of people, as I said, coming through. You probably get asked the same questions a million times. What, what's the number one question? Oh, goodness. Um, are they all males? Are there any girls? I mean, it's just simple stuff that I take for granted working around each day that the general public doesn't know about. Exactly. And, and I know here... We're seeing a lot of foreign interaction where this is their first time. They come to the Stampede, they wear their cowboy hat, but that's as close to being a cowboy as they've been. And and a lot of them are just in awe. Lots of pictures being taken. Absolutely. I believe it's been about five years since we've been here, and 
we have our own uh, PR girl that's out there answering questions, but actually the Calgary Stampede does a great job of having diagrams and different horses on display and providing information of agriculture to people that might not exactly know where their food came from or what even a draft horse does. Sure. And you have you had a chance to experience the chuck wagon races? I have not. I've not gone out there and seen them. I watched the minis run, the mini chuck wagons, and that was quite quite a sight. Yeah. Anytime you come north of the border, it seems like every horse is built for speed. They want to see how fast they can go. And, and we've seen a lot of them. We've had a tremendous draft horse show. We've crowned some champions and very um, proud to announce the Clydesdales were the ultimate world champion six horse hitch here. Express Clydesdales capturing the championship. But all in all, people just love going through the barn, seeing the horses and visiting with the people. And I'd like to just thank you for being a part of our show because again, we've watched you grow up. You're, you're a great asset to our industry and it's so good to, to have you on board with Budweiser and in our industry. Thank you. It's been fun growing up and going to the shows, meeting this big draft horse family who, as many of you know, it's like a second family. So, Absolutely. Again, talking with Shelby, growing up in Indiana and now working with the world-famous Budweiser Clydesdales, coming to you from Calgary, the Calgary Stampede. What a cool opportunity for Shelby, huh? Oh, she is such a down-to-earth young lady, and she's focused. She knows what she wants to do. She sets goals, and I follow her on Facebook, and you can see her attending World Series games. Uh, she does. She jumps out of airplanes. And I saw her in a scuba loves... diving outfit. When she... yeah. <laughs> so she's getting to do all these really cool things just by being able to travel with them. It's exactly. Cool. And she's very good at what she does. She's very personable. A lot of the people come up to ask questions and they'll migrate towards her. And she, she's just a fun person. And she continues to raise her own Clydesdales at home with the support of her family at home. And, you know, she doesn't get a lot of vacation time. So we see her once in a while at the shows. But just just an outstanding young lady that I know is going to be in this industry for a very long time. Well, there's another world show coming up, and that's the 2018 World Clydesdale Show. In just 356 days, the World Clydesdale Show will be returning to the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin, where it was held in 2007 and 2011. Held every four years, the World Clydesdale Show, powered by Chesapeake Petroleum, is the crown jewel competition of the Clydesdale breed. The power, the beauty, the grace, it's a spectacle like no other. And the fan reaction takes the experience to a whole other level. Not to mention, shampoo sales for horses go way up that time a year in Madison. <laughs> Madison is a great city to embrace the 2018 World Clydesdale Show with camping on site and hotels within walking distance of the facility. More than 600 Bonnie Clydes will be on hand at the latest state-of-the-art facilities there, totaling 290,000 square feet of indoor space. And, and you, can, you can't even imagine. It's big. The World Clydesdale Show is proud to welcome Chesapeake Petroleum as their official title sponsor. And does it ever mean great things for the Clydesdales? We are excited to announce that an additional $50,000 in premiums have been pledged by Chesapeake Petroleum's Victoria McCullough. The breed's best will be on hand, vying for these premiums in well over 100 competitions. We would all love to see you there. We would love to meet you there in Madison. And so... And so would all of the Clydesdales, as they love to be cheered on. That is one thing about the draft horses at these shows. They love the fan feedback. And I know you encourage that when you announce, but it I is, do. you know, a lot of the shows you go to, you have to be real quiet. 
you know, and that's not true at the at the glides or at the draft tour shows. Stay no, connected. Make the noise. Make the make noise. noise. That's right. Have fun. Stay connected as the World Clyde show details are confirmed and announced at World Clyde's worldclydesdaleshow.com that's worldclydesdaleshow.com it carries all the sponsorship information and opportunities volunteer forms vendor forms and whether you just want to come as a spectator all the details are there and you can find that again at worldclydesdaleshow.com that's october 24th to the 28th of 2018 make your plans now so do you think october of 18 is going to be busy for all of us or what Uh, two world shows a week and a half. I was apart. wondering why they ended up so close together. It's just happened that way this year. Um, the Clydesdales normally go every four years. They decided to go every three years, uh, so we'll put them in the same year as the Percherons. Got it. And it's just going to be a busy time of the year for everybody. Yeah, especially you. <laughs> you are going to be busy, especially me. I have stores <laughs> at both, announcing at both, and excited about both. So it's. It, it's going to be a busy October. We're all, we'll all have to do a cruise in November to celebrate we survived both yeah, that's right, Just to take a break, to relax. Well, right. Brian is coming up next. All right. Brian Coleman is going to be our next guest. He is with Eaglesfield Pertrans from Ditsbury, Alberta, Canada, way up north, neighbor to the north. There really aren't any words to describe Brian. He has, He's kind of one of those guys that have been there and done that in all facets of the horse world. He has shown Pertrans, Clydesdales, Shires, Belgians. He's done it all. His resume includes world championships. He's driven a world champion hitch. He has driven a North American champion six-horse hitch, and he has shown a world champion mare. But in addition to that, he and his family campaign draft horses all across North America. So they're way up there in Alberta, but you will often find Brian at all of the sales and activities down here in the States as well. And as I said, he has quite a resume. He is kind of the renaissance man of our draft horse industry. So nice to have you joining us, Brian. Thank you. Good morning. How are things in Alberta? I, I suppose it's snowing. Well, today, well, yesterday it started snowing, so that's our winter, I think, is officially here now. Oh, I, I'm kind of glad it's staying up by you. We're, we're still having cold temperatures, but not a lot of snow. And, you know, Brian and I were neighbors for a while. I lived up in, in Ditsbury as well, and lots of activity always going on at the Coleman Farms. And you have, as I said, shown at some of the most prestigious shows in North America and always come out with top honors. So I guess my first question is, how did you get started in the draft horse industry? What, was it a bug that you saw them and you, you decided to go for it, or was it a family tradition? How, how did it all come to start for you and the draft horses? Well, that's a little bit of a, a longer type of answer. Um, I was raised uh, farming with draft horses, so my family, we, we grew up doing all our, uh, uh, our farm work from haying to logging. Everything we did was with horses, so that was kind of got me definitely my start. Uh, our family went to the, pardon me, 1983 uh, World Perching Congress in, at the Calgary Stampede, and I seen, actually, the four-horse hitch was in the ring at that time, and I thought at that time, I was just a teenager, and I thought, that's what I want to do if I ever grow up. And <laughs> So that's uh, that's definitely where the bug uh, for the show world uh, was planted, and then, uh, obviously, I had the advantage of having Bruce Roy for my high school teacher and you know we talked horses all the time and and bruce was actually the my introduction to the show world and he basically got me my first job and it all started there from when i graduated high school 
Well, another connection that you and Bruce have is the Calgary Stampede. I know you're you're not that far of a drive from it, and Bruce has been one of the longest running volunteers. I think what is this fifty seven or fifty eight years that he he's been a volunteer and been the announcer at Calgary. But you have played a big role in the heavy horse world at the Calgary Stampede. So give me a little idea. I know you were at the grounds. That's where you saw your first hitches. But how did you become an active showman at Calgary? Um, well, I mean, I started uh, I started showing there in 1986. That was the first year I showed at uh, the Calgary Stampede and have shown there every year since um, when we put together a committee to uh, uh, have the World Perch and Congress there in 1998. Uh, I was co-chair of that and that's when I became a member of the of a volunteer for the stampede on the heavy horse committee so it always it seems like a, looking back it seems like a natural progression but it uh, at the time it was quite an honor to be invited onto that board right and I know from being an exhibitor there or being a spectator that you always have a large turnout and I, and I say that loosely large because I don't think I've ever been to a show where one exhibitor brings as many horses and different breeds as you do. Tell me, what is the biggest amount of horses that you've ever taken to Calgary? Well, in our, in our crazier days, we did take uh, 48 horses was the most we, we took to, um, to the Stampede. And with that said, I mean, that's our, uh, our folks that we do the custom showing for. And our local uh, uh, breeders have been you know, a great support to us over the years. And we've, uh, we've always tried to help them do whatever they can to highlight their horses at the stampede, which is basically our, uh, the biggest, th- biggest event we have to promote horses. So, I mean, anyone that wants to promote a breeding horse or a driving horse, they want to do it at the stampede. And we've, uh, we've had the honor of being able to show many horses at the stampede over the years. So Glenn, 48 horses. Can you imagine how chores go in the morning? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so I was thinking of that, actually. I had two. That was enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you you take 48 horses, and I know your wife, Colleen, is very integral in the work that you do on the farm, but you have a great staff. Over the years, you've been a mentor, too. So when you take 48 horses, it takes a village to get those horses into the show arena. Oh, for sure. And you have to, you definitely have to surround your himself with people that a have talent and b have the passion to do it because you know to have the talent and not have the passion you know you still have to have you still have to be in charge of uh, quite a few horses um so i mean yeah you have to divide it up to where everyone has their own group of horses and you know basically you're you're overseeing it all but you're not necessarily um doing everything with every single horse and that's you know that would just be physically impossible but you have to trust your people and, you know, just surround yourself with great people. And that's been an advantage that we've had over the years. So can you tell me, and maybe it's not something that happened at Calgary, but of all your showing and everything, is there one event that stands out in your mind the most or a couple events that you will say, yes, when we're old and retired, you will say, yes, this was a pinnacle of my horse career? Well, I mean, definitely there's, you know, that, again, that's... Uh, a multifaceted question because um, for for us we've had the opportunity to show a lot of great horses for a lot of great people over the years, but uh, you know I guess a couple things that really stand in my mind was being able to campaign the messenger group in in 2016 and just have that type of year with them. I mean 
you could never predict something that would even come close to having the 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 level of success we had in 2016. I mean, that was uh, and obviously capped off with the North yeah. American Championships. Um, definitely a, a big uh, event in our lives, as well as in the 2004 having the world champion mayor. That was just something that we were able to do more on a personal level that Colleen and I accomplished, and uh, that was uh, something that will always be special in our hearts. Well, and I touched on it earlier. You do, at, I would call it a mentoring program. You do have a lot of people that, that work or stay at your farm, and over the years, a lot of them have left your farm and went on to either manage hitches or to have horses of their own, that has to be a gratifying step as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, and you know, we always, we tell them all when we're, when they're starting out here, when they're, you know, a lot of them have started with us when they were teenagers and uh, definitely in their, you know, early twenties, we say that, you know, we definitely hope that you can uh, go on and work somewhere else because when you get to that level of expertise, we can't afford to keep you. And that's uh you know, something that we hope that they can reach that level and, and go into the draft industry and, and be able to make a living doing what they have a passion for. Right. Absolutely. And I know, again, you've worked with all different breeds. You've worked with mares. You've worked with geldings. Is there a standout breed to you or to you and Colleen that, that you are more attracted to or that, that your heart's more passionate with? Well, you know, again, I mean, we approach every project as if they're our favorite, and I'm not saying that in a, you know, any type of way that we're, you know, disillusioned. I mean, every breed has its strengths and its weaknesses, and we hope that we can identify the weaknesses and work on them, and that's what our program, we try and, uh, you know, take every project and say, what do we have to make better within this horse? But, you know, I guess definitely with us, we have our approach and breeding program, and that's where our heart lies. Um, and, you know, and I guess if a guy wants to, you know, define that, the, the Percher and Geldings are definitely the ones that have, you know, a special heart, place in our heart for, you know, that just that overall ability, that mass. But at the same time, Percher and Mares, I mean, we've had, uh, you know, a great uh, career showing Percher and Mares, the Clydesdales, the Belgians. I mean, they all have um, something that's special. I mean, you can definitely capitalize on what they have that's special and, you know, work on their individual weaknesses to try and make them be the best that they can be. I see. And, and not to bring it bad, but I know several years ago you had a barn fire where you literally lost your barns. You lost everything that was associated with your barns and you have since rebuilt a state of the art barn and take us through a typical day of what happens at Eagle field patrons. When you wake up in the morning, like now are, are, do you have a lot of horses in for training or, you know, I posted some pictures of you working the horses in the field. Is, is that part of the training? Is that part of a, a process that you start with each day? You know, definitely. I mean, and I guess going back to a, a typical day, I mean, we really don't have a typical day, um, you know, without, without avoiding the question, because, you know, there's, you know, there's times of years when we'll have times of the year we'll have a group of horses in for for a six horse hitch. Well, I mean, so we're gonna you know work on that more specifically. And then there's times of the year where we'll have you know just training horses in. So it'll be just a, a barn full of young horses uh, that are basically starting everything right from grade one. So I mean, there really you know isn't a typical day, but I mean everything seems to uh, 
you know, meld together. And, you know, basically it goes through the same old thing of being, you know, chores first thing in the morning and then you attack whatever is is on your plate, whether it's shoeing or training or or conditioning a group of horses for, for a show. All right. Well, what is your newest project? Because I know you're always you're always looking for the next horse and looking f- forward to the next show season. So what's your big project that you're working on right now? Well, we just actually uh, received another uh, group of horses for the for the messengers, and uh, we're just starting to work on that young group and try and be ready for Loveland and Denver. <clears throat> so that is our uh, our our current project that just came up basically here in the last uh, three weeks. So it's kind of exciting and start over again and watch a young group develop. And you know, you always hope that you can have the success you've had with the previous group, but until you get there, you don't really know. Right. And, and I had it on my notes that I wanted to bring this up and you mentioned Loveland, um, Loveland, Colorado is a draft tour show that happens right before the Denver stock show. It kind of is an opportunity for people that are traveling clear out to Colorado to have two shows to attend. And you have been a vital part of the big thunder show. And at that show, you've worked with Abby and you've created draft horse. You that I believe is one one thing that each and every show should do. You take a horse into the arena, you bring the, the audience to the arena and you literally have a schooling for an hour or so. Is that something that you've helped to create? Because, again, I think it's tremendous and, and more shows should do it. So I wondered where that came from. Yeah, it was definitely an idea that Abby had that they wanted to do something along those lines to uh, to help educate the public, uh, the people that are going to the shows and supporting us. Because, you, as you know, being an announcer, um, you know, it's one thing to have a great show and, and great competition, but to have uh, a, an audience that really understands what is going on in the ring is, is huge because as those people become more, have more comprehension of what's going on in the ring, then they're more supportive. They can be more into it. They can be more involved and engaged as an audience. So yes, we've taken that and, you know, we try and, uh, um, you know, kind of do some different things every year to, add to that uh, knowledge base for our audience so that we can have that group coming there and knowing, you know, what's going on in the ring. What's the difference between, you know, the show classes and the farm classes and, uh, and what, you know, how that has kind of grown and developed into what we have as a show today. And I think that's, uh, that's something that, yeah, I think education is definitely a big part of uh, what we need to do as an industry to our audience. I agree. And like I said, it's always a success out there. And Abby and I have already been talking about this upcoming show. So it's always fun. So we're going to see you and your new bunch at the Loveland and the Denver shows. Yes. Well, I one of my questions for you, and, and this is maybe a little off of what we're talking about, but traveling, you seem to... Up, I my think, house several times. Lisa, you're really breaking up on us here. So um, uh, let me let me try and uh, get you back and see if we can get a better connection. Actually, uh, she's uh, Brian. She's in a hotel in Vegas, and I think what's happening <laughs> is everybody is waking up and starting to use their internet. And uh, she was exactly. gr- yeah, she was great till now, but now it's uh, at time when anybody actually wakes up in Vegas. 
So, are you back? Well, I'm back. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm back. Well, what I was asking, Brian, is you you travel a lot, and, and the amount of miles that you travel is outstanding to come from Calgary, and, and, you know, I see you at the sales and the different shows down here. Is that one of the biggest drawbacks about being in Canada? You know, I guess... Um, I don't, I don't see it as a drawback. I mean, for, you know, you know, if we're, whatever we do and wherever we live and have our, our family base, you know, you're going to be a, a distance from somewhere. So whether you, you know, live in uh, Eastern Canada, you're going to be a long ways from Western Canada versus the U S I mean, so, you know, travel and we're in a time where travel is, uh, you know, as, as good as it's ever been. So, I mean, to, to jump on a plane or to get in a, um, a pickup or even a, a big truck nowadays, you can travel in so much comfort. So, I mean, you set it up so you're comfortable for yourself, you're comfortable for your animals, and you just do the distances, and it's just part of uh, part of the job. Right, and unfortunately, there are not a lot of shows in Canada where you're at. You're going to travel great distances, whether you're going across Canada or coming down into the States. Correct. So, I mean, you just have to... Uh, you just have to set up and and be ready for that, and you know, I mean, it's uh, in one way it's given it's given us a, a great uh, client base for doing the Calgary Stampede in Alberta, and that's where we've done the great numbers. But even going a distance, uh, you know, you uh, we've had many client horses in here from from the U.S. over the years, and uh, we just set up to where you you leave early, you get there, and you make sure that you know you know your horses and can tell if they're not you know if they haven't rode as well or you know, whatever may be the may the problem, give them the time to recover from that fatigue and uh, and be ready for your shows. Right, and and you know, speaking of the Calgary Stampede, I know it is a huge tradition, and one thing that I always hear is that's on my bucket list. I believe Glenn, you've told me that too. Yes, Calgary's been, on your bucket yep, list for a long time. Well, the horse show there is is great, and Brian, you took on being a committee member, but I believe this year correct me if I'm wrong, but you're taking a more active role as, as being one of the leaders of the committee. And so tell us how that is and, and how can we encourage people to come up to Calgary to watch the heavy horse show? Yeah, correct. Actually, I'm, uh, actually, I have a meeting tonight and we're, we're doing the change of guard and I'm going to be the incoming chair of the, of the committee. So that'll be a, a new, uh, challenge that I'll have to, uh, try and find the time for but you know i think anything i mean the more that people know about the stampede and and it's it's a great uh environment a welcoming environment so we love to see new exhibitors we love to see people come and visit so it's uh it's definitely one of those events that uh once you have been there you won't forget and hopefully it's a special memory you'll have for a lifetime right and and showing actually in, in the saddle dome it really is one of the only shows that has an orchestra that's playing and showcasing the draft horses and they, and they do an excellent job of, of promoting and broadcasting. You can be in the arena watching the show, but you can also look on any of the jumbotrons and be seeing details of the hitches as they, they go by. And they always do such a great promotional video trying to get different horses and and new hitches there. So Calgary does a a great job of supporting the draft horses. And that's exciting that you're taking on a new new role. Yeah, it's, uh, again, like I say, it's going to be both a time challenge and, you know, just that extra involvement. But, yes, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and it'll be a a great time. And 
another thing that a person can look back on and wonder how how do we have the time to get it all done, but we'll make exactly. it happen. Exactly. Exactly. So of all the things we've talked about that you have accomplished, you've had these world championships in both halter and, and in hitching. There has to be a goal out there that you've set your sight on and you're going to work towards. So give us a little insight on what the goal for Brian is. What's your next big award you're looking forward to? Well, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, necessarily a show accomplishment and not that by any means you think that you've accomplished it all, but I mean, um, my, my goal within our industry and, uh, you know, obviously in a family aspect is to try and to pass it on as much as we can to the next generation and help the next generation raise that bar again. So, I mean, all the way from my kids to, um, you know, other young people, because it's a, it's a very intense industry that, uh, takes a lot of passion and a lot of people can sure, uh, you know, do something that's a lot easier and do something that's more financially beneficial, but uh, to, you know, just keep new people coming on because that's what it's all going to depend on as we go forward. So that would be, um, you know, one of my personal goals that I would like to keep adding to the industry is just have uh, more new people coming in and being able to give them the information they need to be able to compete as the bar keeps rising because a lot of people look at it and um, it's so much more intense and professional than when I even started that a lot of people think it's unattainable. So you want to make sure that we don't uh, create that barrier there. We want to say that, you know, you can get in, you can start at this level and you can work up and, and help people find the steps to get to where they want to be. And do you think that is hands-on with people or do you think social media is playing a big part in it now? Because so many hitches have Facebook and people can follow them. Um, you know, Albert Cleavy does a great job of, of promoting all the shows he goes to streaming them and people can actually sit in their living room and watch shows going on all across the country. So I, I think that hands-on is wonderful in getting people when you're at a show and people are walking through the barn to always answer those questions. I know you probably get ask the same question over and over, but don't you believe that social media is playing a big role in this, in today's industry as well? Oh, it's huge. And all the way from, you know, what, uh, what social media is doing to what the gentle giants program is doing. I, I, it has, it has made our, it's put our program or our horse industry in front of more people. Um, and that's, that's wonderful. But then, you know, we have to be able to have, we really don't have a, a structured program within our industry from an industry standpoint that says, you know, here's where you can go and receive the knowledge if you choose to become an active participant within our industry. So um, I think we need to, you know, start towards establishing that type of thing from an industry standpoint. And I think as well, these world shows are such a good promotion for all of the breeds, because when you have a world show that does incorporate all those people coming down from Canada and the U S coming from all parts. And so are you thinking it's going to be a busy October next year as well with two world shows? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's going to be, uh, it's going to be huge and, and wonderful for the industry in whole, but it's, uh, it's definitely going to, um, be a busy time and everyone's going to need to have a, have a nap at the end of the month for sure. 
Absolutely. And, we, you know, we're talking about the Perchins and the Clydesdales having the world show, but we don't want to short the Belgians at all. They're working towards the Belgian Championship Night, and that's going to be held in a few years in Ontario. So as part of what we talked about is education and, and hands-on, all these world shows are showcasing an individual breed, but at the same time, anytime you can get the draft horse into the public eye, it's a win-win for all of us. Oh, 100%. And that's, uh, that's something that, you know, I mean, every, every asset uh, or aspect of what we do uh, from the, the social media end to the actually taking a horse to an event, it's, uh, it's bringing more, more public to what we're trying to do. Well, and you are a great supporter of all breeds in our industry. And in closing, we just want to say thank you so much. And I know that um, anytime you're at a show, people can come up and ask you questions, talk to you. I'm looking forward to the Draft Horse U once again at the Loveland Show. And we're excited about your, your new group of horses that you have. That means we're going to get to see you down here showing some more in the States. Oh, for sure. It'll be a, it'll be a great time and uh, it'll be a, another period of growth and it's going to be it's going to be exciting well thank you so much and and hello to your family up there and i hope that snow stays away for a little bit more okay thanks lisa thank you well glenn i just i can just see you cringing when you're talking about taking 48 horses to I, a show I just and you got to remember i don't know how well, you remember do that. about half of those <laughs> half of those were probably furry feet they were shires or clydesdale so I would assume somebody was in the wash rack 12 hours of every oh day. God, I just can't even imagine. That's just <laughs> First of all, that's what, well, seven rigs, four rigs, four rigs maybe? Well, thank goodness that he's not that far away. If they're all housed at, at his farm, you know, he's about an hour and a half away. So that's, a, that's kind of a good thing. Jeez. But like you said, trucking them in and then keeping people working the entire time. I mean, you have to have people that are constantly harnessing and braiding and just cleaning know, the is, harness it's a production <laughs> just oh just, i don't want to do that no. <laughs> i just can't even imagine done that yeah. not gonna do that. <laughs> and we're but, you know we're not talking but, pony harness here either uh <laughs> oh no no no, no. <laughs> Ima- just imagine the stalls you have to have so because you know for every four or five horses you have to have a tax stall because you have to have well Think of the, how much hay they had to truck in, hay yeah. and feed for almost 50 horses for a week. Crazy. Yeah, it's a you little different than you bringing your thoroughbreds to home. the event, right? You know, it's a little bit different. Plus, that's a lot of poop and a lot of cleaning stalls. Ugh. Oh, well, <laughs> it's always fun at Calgary. And I know you've told me from the beginning that Calgary Stampede is on your bucket yes. list. And everybody should do it one time. You should all we should all make that trip to Calgary and it's an outstanding show. And it's nice to, you know, when you have a horse person in charge, that's always a good thing because they know, they know what's the positives. They know the negatives and and Brian will be the kind that will push through it and help all of our exhibitors. And that's an exciting show. And it's always over 4th of July weekend. They have a spectacular uh, rodeo. I mean, you know, when in the rodeo world, Calgary sets the bar and watching the chuck wagon races, that's amazing. To watch six horses going as full bore as they can around the arena with a chuck wagon, that's kind of a, a bucket list ha- for a lot of people, I know. We ha- I had an offer to do that, uh, to be sit on the oh. wagon, and I declined. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> Don't do it. No, Jennifer, 
would have to pay your life insurance up and I'd say, don't do it. <laughs> no, I declined. I have had offers too to do go drive a standard bread on a racetrack. Now that I would do. It seems safer than driving the being on the chuck wagon. I think I'll go and do that. You know, you kind of you lean back, so if you fall, it's only about that's a right. Way. It's a couple <laughs> feet. <foot> fall. <laughs> that's right. Well, Jennifer is going to tell us a little bit about a sale coming up, and then you're going to go over the events that people can attend around the country. That's right. Coming up, it's Gordyville. Hello, what's that? Well, the 2018 Mid-American Draft Horse Sale, which is known as Gordyville to the insiders, is coming up February 20th through the 23rd, and it has established a well-earned reputation as North America's premier marketplace for Belgians and Percherons. Why? Well, that's because that's where records are broken. The current records include the highest-selling Percheron mare at 89 grand, the highest-selling Percheron gelding at 67.5, the highest-selling gelding at 41, and the highest-selling Belgian stallion at a whopping $112,500, which is also in the Guinness Book of World Records, if you don't believe us. The average price, sale price for the entire consignment last year was $9,000 or thereabouts, and 69 of those horses sold for 10 grand or more. That's why this is the top shelf event held in Gordyville USA Auction Center in Gifford, Illinois on Highway 136, in case you're looking at a map, and hence the name Gordyville Sale. 2018 will mark the, 20, the 23rd year of serving the heavy horse industry in high style. Gordyville is a must-see and must-experience affair for draft horses and draft horse folk. Consignments for 2018 sale are now being accepted. For more information on the sale and to get your consignments in early, you can follow the sale at on Facebook at Mid-America Draft Horse Sale, or you can go to the telephone and give Vern Yoder a call. His number is 217-268-2344. And they have ads in every single issue of the Draft Horse Journal. So go and get your well-worn, well-worn most recent edition of the Draft Horse Journal and just look for their ad and all the information you need is right there. And that phone number again is 217-268-3444. And of course, you know, we do talk about the Draft Horse Journal. Lynn over there is the one that puts this show together and is the presenting sponsor. If you don't get the Draft Horse Journal, you should. If you're interested in draft horses in any way, shape, or form, then it's it's a must, isn't it, Lisa? Oh, that is, I always say it's the Bible of our industry. And I had to laugh. The last issue came out and it's a joke at our house. If I get it first, I hide it and I read it before I let Austin see it or vice versa. Before he crinkles all the pages up. (laughs) Yeah, I'll find it in his room a week later and say, but we're we're both pretty smart. We know the mailing dates now. So we watch the mailbox. We know it's about two day turnaround from Iowa to us. So (laughs) we're watching the mailbox and, and I get the last issue and I'm thumbing through it and I'm looking and and Austin has a full page ad in there for his horse training and thanking his cu- customers. And I dial up Lynn and I said, "Do you know my son?" Has- <laughs> Stupid question. <laughs> yeah, Do you right. know my son has a full page ad in here? And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, he's good kid. Yeah, he's got an ad." And I just laughed. I thought, "Oh my gosh, we have now started." He's seventeen years old <laughs> and placing ads in the draft. Did he use your journal. credit card, by the way? No. Just, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't think, but you know, might want to check draft, that Lisa. <laughs> the draft horse journal is just totally, totally something that, that it's educational. Um, you learn something. There's articles in there about law, 
in the law, in the horse world, there's also articles about health and, and common things that you see and very uncommon things you can see regarding the health of your animal. Um, tremendous stories. And it's not all about the hitch or the show people. There's lots of farming stories and kind of like the one horse farm stories. It's just a great, and it's not that expensive. It comes out four times a year. And I can tell you now that is going to be on the top of my list for my Christmas suggestions for any horse lovers, whether you're just learning about the draft horses, the draft horse journal is the tool that will keep you going in our industry and keep you updated on show results, sale results, upcoming events. It's, it's the Bible. Very good. And of course, we have a lot of sh shows coming up that you can attend. If you've never been to a draft tour show, then one of these might be your first. Right. And right now, October 31st through November 3rd, the Topeka Draft Horse Carriage and Equipment Center in Topeka, Indiana. That is one that has set the bar. And I've been seeing pictures. Obviously, I can't be there this week, but I've seen pictures. They have new owners that have taken over. And I have never seen a transformation of a sale barn like I see with Topeka. A, a new sale arena, a new vendor arena, new stalls. It is in the heart of the Amish in Indiana. It's it's close to Shipshawana, so lots of activity going on there. And lots of farm horses, work horses, but um, awesome hitch horses there as well. And like I said, if you've been there in the past, you need to erase that barn from your memory because what we see now is is absolutely phenomenal going on. So if you're looking for any kind of horses or horse equipment, make sure to visit the Topeka Livestock Sale in Topeka, Indiana. And in just a week or so, I'm going to be heading down to Louisville, Kentucky for the North American International Livestock Expo. They have a great draft horse show, and we will do halter crowning the champions, and then we have a, a great, great hit show. It's a beautiful facility, and we get to showcase the draft horses in Freedom Hall. You know, the, the green dust is brought in, and the horses come up the track through the parking lot and into the arena, into Freedom Hall. It, it's phenomenal. They are still taking entries. If you're anywhere near the Kentucky area, come in and cheer on all of the draft horses. And they have cowboy-mounted shooting in between the hitch classes to kind of break it up. And if you've never seen a mounted shooting with the horses, that's always fun. They don't watching. use draft horses, do they? Because that would be funny. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think they'd be that fast. It'd be like the bird girl the racing horse. Exactly. You go TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> but, you know, Louisville has a great shopping area and, and they showcase cattle and pigs. And, you know, I've been there before and, and seen horse friends that are there actually showing other livestock. But it's, it's a great show. And, and Brian Westerfeld, um, I'm sorry, Travis Westerfeld is in charge of that show and does an outstanding job. And like I said, entries are still open. If you have shoes still on your horses, get them entered in Louisville, and we'd love to see you at, um, we call it the Nile. And then, of course, the granddaddy, oh. uh, the Royal Horse Show in Toronto, that should be on your bucket list too. I mean, that that takes class to a whole new level uh, the draft horses are showcasing a beautiful historic barn and in the Coliseum there. There's so much history. And if you're there during the Clydesdale week, it's always fun to see all of our friends from overseas coming to enjoy the show and just, just a great show. So the Royal Winter Fair, November 2nd through the 14th, they show in different sections for the draft horses, but something for everybody. 
And uh, that's that's our list. And if you're looking for January, I know that's in the future, but make sure to, to get the Denver Stock Show on your list as well as the Big Thunder Show in Loveland, Colorado. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much to Lynn and the gang over to Draft Horse Journal for putting this together and also to you for showing up from Vegas every month. Um, <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> I'll be in Illinois next month. I'll, I'll promise you that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it is the drafthorsejournal.com is where you can go to find all the information about that. You can visit Lisa at the Clydesdale store and more.com. Christmas is coming. So start taking a look at those gifts today. Also, yeah, you know, post over on Facebook. Where do you want them to post on Facebook their their top gift ideas for the holidays? Well, we, they can go to our Heavy Horses in the Morning on Facebook, and I check that regularly. Okay. And I'll be putting up today's show notes on that as well and some pictures. Um, or they can just find me at Lisa Banga Graham on Facebook and, and message me there. I, I know a lot of my friends that are, are using items that, we need to showcase, have a way to get a hold of me. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready for that top 10. And of course, you find links to today's guests and show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can go there and search. Uh, you can go there and also search draft horse or search uh, anything draft related, and it'll bring up all the epi- past episodes that we've had. Also, if you go to horsesinthemorning.com, you'll see some little banners down in the middle of the page. And if you search for the draft horse journal banner, it'll bring you to all the past episodes that we've had, and you go back and take a listen to those. The easiest way to listen to our shows is on our app, iOS or Android. Just search for horse. Radio Network. All 15 shows from the Horse Radio Network are on there, so you can also listen live to our shows. If you're uh, around and want to have some fun on the 27th of November, we have 12 hours live. It's the Holiday Radiothon, our third year doing that. We had over 50,000 people download last year, so we're looking forward to having a lot of Christmas fun. We've had Charlie Daniels on. We've had people from Sugarland on. We've had all the big names in the horse world. We'll have a ton of guests. We have a ton of listeners call in. It is just a day of Merry Christmas to everybody. We also will be giving away $4,000 worth of prizes. So you can tune in that day and find all the information on that, horseradionetwork.com or holidayradiothon.com. Well, that's it for this week. We want to thank our sponsors, the 2018 World Clyde Show, Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, the Clyde Store, and more, the 2018 World Percheron Congress, and the Mid-America Draft Horse Sale. Happy Thanksgiving coming up to everybody in the draft horse world. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks. Have a great day.